Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Here's the key scripture. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in priest's garments, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Hosanna to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Let me say that again. Hosanna to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. And when eight days, and when eight days, eight days, very important, were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, or Yahshua, the name given to him by an angel before he was conceived in the wounds. Now, in what I'm going to share, I want to say this very strongly, that it does not matter what day we use to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It doesn't matter. We we celebrate on December 25th. Um, That's a great day that we celebrate that God gave the world the Messiah. Amen? But... If it mattered what day, the Lord would have put the day Jesus was born somewhere in the Bible. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Let me say it again. We celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior on December 25th, but there is nowhere in the Bible that says it was December 25th. Are you all okay? 
That's a good day. That's a great day. It's a wonderful day. That's when we're going to do it. We're going to let the world know. That's why the devil hates it. He, he wants us to say happy holidays. Tell everybody everywhere you meet, Merry Christmas. Because Christ is the reason we have services, mass. But there's nowhere in the Bible. Some of you are going, what? Next you're going to say there's no rabbit that lays eggs. The early church never even celebrated the birth of Jesus. It was never celebrated. You look at the early doctrines of the church, they didn't celebrate. They celebrated the death, the resurrection. It wasn't a big deal. But in 336 years after the rest, some of you are looking at me going, 300, you're ruining Christmas for us. No, it's all, it's all good. Trust me. 336 years after the resurrection of Jesus, Constantine and the Roman church decided we will celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. Now, let me say again, if we, if we decided we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus on the 4th of June, it would be a wonderful time to celebrate that God gave us a Messiah. But there is nowhere in the Bible that says it was December 25th. There's nowhere. It's not, it's not in there. I, I, I see people going, trust me, it's not in there. I looked. But let me say this. What if there is a Bible code that tells us a secret about the birth of Jesus that would bring tremendous blessing to each and every one of us in our lives? Look at the verse we just read and go to verse 10. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all of the people. Now, the message that God gave me for us celebrating the birth of Jesus was that today he wants to touch us with an anointing of great joy. Say great joy. Great joy. Now, why is joy important? Well, the Bible says in Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is your strength. No matter what's going on, when we have the joy of God, the joy of the Lord, it makes us strong. The Lord says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Now, let me say it simply. The Lord says, I've taught you these things so that my joy, Jesus doesn't have a bad day. There's not a bad day in heaven. In heaven, there's no sickness, no disease, no, no sorrow, no poverty, no hatred, no anger, no nothing. nothing. And he said, I'm telling you these things so that my joy, the Lord said, can be in you and that you and I can be full, full of great joy. How many like to be full of great joy? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right? 
These things I say to you that my joy, the joy of God, may be in you and your joy may be full. Now, the Bible uses the word joy, I think it's something like 244 times. But in the New Testament, the first time the word joy is used is in this scripture where the shepherds are told, I have good news. For everybody in the world, you're going to be full of great joy. Now, the word joy in Hebrew is the word simcha. And it, it's, it's a very powerful word that means basically there's nothing out there that can steal your joy. You know, we have a saying in our family, the devil doesn't get my joy. Now, I want that to be your theme this year. The devil doesn't get my joy. Now, he may, he may borrow it for 10 or 15 seconds, but you need to realize how many want to win? How many want to be more than a conqueror? The joy of the Lord is what? So don't let the devil ever steal your joy. Well, how can we do that? Because we don't understand everything, but we do know this, that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Well, how can everything work out good? Because to us, we have a Savior that's come to give us life and that life more abundant. The first words that the shepherds heard was, I have great joy that is going to be released in you. Now, let me say again. Let me say it again. It doesn't matter what day Jesus was born on. But let's look at something that is interesting that I believe God is showing us a secret that will connect us to the joy of the Lord. Now, there's nowhere in the Bible that says when Jesus was born. Are are we okay with that? There's nowhere in the Bible. But there are hints that show us when he was born. And we won't get into this uh, this morning. But if you look at the book of Luke, chapter 1, It talks about the father of John the Baptist. And he is a priest that's serving in the temple. Now, we could do a whole study on this, but the time that he served in the temple was the eighth eighth, uh, lot of time. This would have been... um, without doubt, when he would have been doing what he was called to do as a priest in the temple. Now, if you remember the story of Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth was barren. She couldn't have a child. But God gives a sign that she's pregnant and that John is going to be born. Now, without getting into too much detail... John was the one who announced Jesus was the Messiah, correct? Without going into all detail, and it's really an interesting, fascinating subject, but you, if you look at when his father served in the temple, Elizabeth was pregnant. Nine months later would have been the time of Passover. So almost every scholar says that John the Baptist 
was born during Passover. If you remember on Passover, when we're celebrating, we don't have one cup, but how many cups? Four cups and one extra cup for who? Elijah the prophet. And we would send a child to the door during Passover and say, is the Messiah coming? And if he was coming, Elijah would come and drink from that fifth cup. A lot of people said John the Baptist, who was born during Passover, was the Elijah announcing the first coming of the Messiah. It's, it's an interesting study. But if you realize then Elizabeth uh, was pregnant, she had John. Mary becomes pregnant six months later. Mary then would have be- conceived Jesus during the time of Hanukkah the festival of lights. God has come to bring the light of God into the world. If these all match up, which scholars believe they do, then that means Jesus would have been born how many months after Hanukkah, which would have got us to the nine months, would have got us to the fall, which means Jesus would have been born during the time of the Feast of Tabernacle, the time of the Hebrew celebration of Sukkot, where God would come and tabernacle amongst us. Now, once again, it doesn't matter. Say amen. Amen. But here's an interesting thought concerning the first announcement that he would bring to everyone great joy. If Jesus was conceived during the time of Hanukkah, the festival of lights, and we know that the lights burned, it takes seven days for the oil to become pure in the temple, the the oil burned eight days. If Jesus was conceived during this time, then he would have been born during the time that we celebrate the tabernacling with God. God amongst us. Okay? Now let me let me just show you something. Look at verse 14. In verse 14, well let's read verse 13. And suddenly there was with there uh, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Hosanna in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men." Now, the, the prayer of Hosanna in the highest is called in Hebrew the prayer of Hallel, and that prayer is only spoken during Passover, during Shavuot, Pentecost, and during Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacle. So that prayer of, that we read in here that we think the angels just randomly brought out, that prayer is the, the prayer of thanksgiving during Passover, which is resurrection, during Shavuot, which is Pentecost, and during Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacle. That is not a random prayer. That prayer is only spoken during one of these three holidays. Too confusing? Gets better. I want you to look with me at the timeline that we have. If, do you remember when we celebrated 
the month of Elul, which goes into Rosh Hashanah, which is the rapture, which goes in the 10 days, which is the, the time, you, if those who missed the rapture and Yom Kippur, you can get your heart right. Yom Kippur then goes into the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember that timeline? Okay, let me show you something. During the month of Elul, the 30 days of blowing the shofar, in Hebrew, it's called the time of reconnection. Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the high holiday, is in Hebrew called the time of re-entering. The 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the 10 days of awe, are called in Hebrew the times of return. On Yom Kippur... The, the, the holiest day of the year, it's called the time of repair. Our heart's right with God. Then we go into what I believe is the wedding supper of the Lamb, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. It's called in Hebrew, the rehearsal. They're tabernacling, they're celebrating, they're having the best of the time. This is a rehearsal for the wedding supper of the Lamb. During the time of Sukkot, remember when we bring our, our, our first fruit offerings and I take the four, the four um, uh, elements of fruit of harvest in Israel and we wave, wave them six places in front and back, above, side to side. This is a time of Hebrew of reuniting with every one of God's blessings, unlimited blessings. But the Feast of Tabernacle last, according to the word of God, seven days. But God says, add one more day, and that one day, the eighth day, say eight. The eighth day is called in Hebrew, Simcha Torah. Now remember the word for joy in Hebrew is Simcha. Now, why did God add eight days? Let me read you something from ancient Hebrew. God is a king who holds a seven-day great party and celebration. But at the end of the seventh day, when everybody leaves, he holds back his closest friends and saves the very best of the celebration for those friends on the eighth day. So here we have the, the month of Elul, the blowing of the shofar. We're preparing. Then we have Rosh Hashanah, preparing for the rapture. Then we have 10 days. We're, re- we're, we're, we're getting ready. Then we have Yom Kippur. This is when we stand before the Lord and God returns in the second coming. Then we have the wedding supper of the Lamb that nobody can get in without they have the right garment. During the wedding supper of the Lamb, it's a great celebration. And, and, and this is a rehearsal. And God prepares to release from the north, the south, the east, every direction, unlimited blessing into your life. Then seven days, the party's over. But then God says, no, I'm going to invite people who are hungry. I'm going to invite people who want to know more. And everybody else goes home. It's over. Yay. But he says, my closest friends, I've saved the best for last. Your best is yet to come. And this is the eighth day. And in Hebrew, it's called the joy of of the Torah or the joy of the living word, the joy of God's word. Now watch this. On the eighth day, the the Jewish people celebrate 
Because in God's word is hidden every blessing. In God's word is every victory. In God's word is every anointing. In God's word is everything we need. Uh, I've been many times, Pastor Scott and I, Tizna, we've been in Israel many times. And, you know, during the, during the whole holidays, people, people are preparing for this day. And you walk through the city and they're grabbing you and they're, they're dancing. And the, 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 the very solemn Orthodox with the beards and the peyotes and the hats and the coats, they'll grab you and they're dancing and they're spinning. Why? Because we are celebrating God gave us his word. And we know that when Jesus was born, the word became flesh, the living word. Now watch this. Can you guys bring up, before I say it, can you guys bring up Leviticus 23, verse 36 and 39? Can you bring that up? For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Go to verse, is that, is that all of it? Guys, bring the whole thing up. And on the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation. And you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And it is a sacred assembly and you shall do no customary work on it. So on the eighth day, on the eighth day, now go to Leviticus 12, 3. And on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Okay? The reason for circumcision is a sign that we are in covenant with Almighty God that we are in covenant with every promise of Abraham. That's the reason for circumcision. When Hitler was gathering the Jews, he would make Jewish men in public drop their pants to see if they were partners in God's covenant. So here it talks about the seven days. It talks about the seven days of the celebration of Sukkot, It talks about the seven days of the celebration, which is the wedding supper of the Lamb. But on the eighth day, he said, don't work, just celebrate. Because this eighth day is tremendously holy. Now tie that eighth day in with eight days after a male child is born, You circumcise that child to say, this child we dedicate to the covenant promises of God, right? Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 21. And when the eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Yeshua, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So if we look at when John, when Elizabeth was pregnant and John the Baptist was born and Jesus was conceived, and then when Jesus was born, this would bring us 
to the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles, where God would tabernacle with us. Eight days later, his father circumcised him. This would have been Simcha Torah, the joy of the word of God. And Jesus became flesh, and he circumcised himself to being the covenant of God that would bring to every one of us victory and power and peace and prosperity and miracles and healing. So on this day, the angel said, I want to announce great joy to all men. And it's not something the enemy can destroy because it is sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ and the circumcision of the Lord says that he will tabernacle with us forever and ever and ever. Somebody say amen. It doesn't matter what day Jesus was born on. We celebrate that on that day, the Lord gave us a Messiah. But I'd like to tie it to the Feast of Tabernacles that you and I make the rapture, that soon the Lord will come and he will bring an army and that will be us. And then it's sealed forever and we will celebrate forever and ever and ever. But because if it was the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the most joyous day in all of the Bible, If it was that day, then we don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience that kind of joy. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men, all men, great joy. Now, as we look at this, I want to close with this. The shepherds in the field see this and they say, Let us go now. Let us go now. When they realized what was happening, they didn't say, you know, know, we got sheep to take care of. You know, I I mean, somebody's got to watch the sheep. They realized that God was bringing the answer to every need and to every man. And they said, let us go now. And they made great haste. They quickened it. Let's get there. Let's get there. Can you imagine the honor, the thrill of being invited to meet the Messiah? Can you imagine that? Just normal guys, shepherds. They were living with the sheep. They weren't kings or presidents. They, they were living with the sheep. And God said, you don't have to clean up. Just come as you are. You know, I've always felt that. You know, over 40 years ago, I walked into a church uh, here down to here. I walked in the church, no shoes on. Walked in the church, needle marks in my arms. I wasn't living with the sheep. I was more living with the pigs. 
And the Lord didn't say to me, go clean up. But he invited me in. And I've always said this, to know Jesus, to be invited to meet the Savior, it's a come-as-you-are party. And after you're there, he'll clean you up. Amen? Can you imagine being those men and being invited to meet the Savior? Well, you may not be a shepherd in the fields, but that same invitation is to you. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden in labor, and I'll give you rest. What a neat thing to... Are you going to play? <laughs> Anytime. What a neat thing to trade being heavy and weary for great joy. What a neat thing. Maybe you're weary. Maybe this has been a long year for you. But can I say to you that take the example of the shepherds and make haste. Hurry, because the Messiah is waiting to meet you. Could you stand with me all over this building? You know, I say to people all the time that when I met the Lord, I didn't get a religion. I met him. And in meeting him, he changed my life. He changed my life. You know, in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for retire. And I hear pastors all the time talking about retiring. How can you retire from telling people you met the one who will bring you great joy? And that no matter what you're going through, our God is no respecter of persons. Come to him. The Bible said the shepherds went and told everybody. They went out and told everybody. And I, you know, I think that's the difference between people who have religion and people who have met him. You see this with Jesus. He, he healed people and he said, don't, now don't tell anybody. And you can almost see Jesus going, now don't tell, don't tell anybody. And they went out and told everybody. Couldn't wait to tell them. Now don't tell anybody that God healed lion of incurable cancer. Don't tell anybody. I tell everybody. I tell my horseshoer. I tell, I tell the, the, the people at the grocery store. I tell them this is the reason for the season. We have great joy because unto us a Savior is born. Now don't tell anybody that they only gave Tiz three months to live and here we are three and a half years later. Don't tell anybody. When you've met him, you can't shut up. When you've met him, you can't shut up. 
Now, don't tell anybody, don't, don't tell anybody that you were one time a heroin addict and now you get to teach them. Don't tell anybody about that. I can't shut up. I can't shut up. And I'll never shut up. They may have tried to keep us out of church during COVID, but you can't shut us up. They might have said, you know, you can gather, but you can't lift up your voice and praise him. We won't shut up because we've met him. A religion is not worth sharing, but an invitation to meet the Messiah. You can't shut up. I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed, and no one's looking around. That invitation is for all of you. It's for all of us. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching around the world. We're not talking about a religion that we celebrate on December 25th. We're talking about God loved us so much that he birthed his son, our Savior, so we could meet him. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching, you say, Pastor, I did meet him at one time, but you know what? I've kind of walked away. I've kind of fallen away. Or maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, you know what? I've, I've been religious, but I've never met him. It's a difference. It's a difference. When, when we were wild and crazy, we used to always go to midnight mass, but it wasn't the medium. It was just a place to hang out. But what we're talking about is Almighty God, in whatever field you're out there in, giving you a personal invitation, come and meet the one who will bring you great joy. Not someday, but today. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you say, Pastor Larry, I want to rededicate my life or I want to give my life for the first time. To not a babe born in a manger, not a Messiah hanging on a cross, not Jesus in a tomb, but the one who defeated everything that would come against you, the resurrected one. You're here right now and you say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? This is a great time to accept the invitation to meet my Messiah. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Lift your hand up if you say, Pastor, remember me in prayer. And just hold it there for a moment where I can see it. I see that hand, that hand, that hand. You want to ask Jesus into your heart. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Just keep them up, please. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Just keep them up. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. That hand, that hand. God bless you. Just keep them up. Just keep them up. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. That hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand. That hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. That hand, God bless you. That hand, God bless you. Would you give these wonderful people a great big clap offering? Amen. We're going to pray a prayer in just a moment, but I want to just tell you a story. And by the way, 
all of you precious people that are watching from around the world, God saw your hand. Even more than his hand, your hand, he saw your heart. The first time I came into church, had hair down to here, earrings, no shirt, poncho, no shoes. I didn't understand one thing that was going on, except I really felt that Jesus was real. When I came down to that altar, and I was near, it was a church of about 30, 40 people. Nobody in church prayed for me. They all walked around. You know, I, I can understand. I had needle marks, and we were drug, myself and a, a friend, we were, we were drug addicts. But people, they became my best friends later, but they told me they looked at me and went, prayed with somebody else because they said, he'll never make it. See, whenever the devil tells you you'll never make it, the only reason he tells you that is because he's real afraid of what your future is. He's real afraid of your destiny. Maybe the devil has told you, said something about your children, or your grandchildren, or your husband, or your wife. Say, I wonder if they'll ever make it. You know what? The devil doesn't fight those he's not afraid of. But can I tell you the key? The key is we, we, we can't make it without him. But the other key is we can't make it without each other. That's why the Lord says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Because God wants to heal, but he heals through laying on of the hands. God wants to deliver, but he delivers through people praying. We need each other as much as we need him. Does that make sense to you? So when I came down to the altar, myself and this friend of ours, mine, Donna, we came down, nobody prayed with us. And I didn't even know how to pray. I've never been in church before. Well, I've been in church, but it was to rob them. Seriously. Another story. But I said these words. I said, God, if you're real, be real to me. And it felt like a million pounds lifted off my shoulders. And we went back in our seats and nobody talked to us. They all went looked around us you know good people oh god send us send us the law send us sinners and then we came they go not not those kind <laughs> look at them lord they smell like sheep it's true it's true but when the devil tells you that remember jesus said these are the ones i came for these are the ones that came from. I was telling a, I was telling a, a friend of mine, a cowboy friend of mine yesterday, or day before yesterday, and I said, Tiz always used to say, you know, Larry was a million-dollar sinner. And he said, I, she said, I was a five-dollar sinner. And I tell everybody, I, I, I've talked to her family. She was at least seven fifty. <laughs> but it doesn't matter if you're a million-dollar sinner or if you're a one dollar sinner, we all need the same Messiah. We all need the same Savior. And it's the same miracle to deliver to, to save Tiz as it was to save me. Sometimes 
people who aren't so bad, it's almost a greater miracle to save them because they don't realize how much they need to be saved. But the Bible says there's none righteous, not, not one. So this year, I want you to, you know, we, we hear so often about don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. You know, don't think, oh, well, pride comes there. Can I tell you something? This year, don't think so low of yourself. We're all saved by grace. You know, I love to say church is a body and fender shop. We're all a bunch of wrecks in various stages of repair. But I read to the end of the book, we win. We're going to make it out. Amen? I want us to do something, if we could. I want to pray a prayer that we will have an anointing of joy. If you would come out of your seat and just come down by him, just like taking a step, just like, just like the shepherds in the field saying, we're, we're going to get down there. We're, we're not going to miss this. Because when you think about joy, and come, come on in in the middle, come on down, it's okay. When you think about joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jeremiah said, it's a, it, it's a voice of joy and a voice of gladness. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, come on, squeeze in here. Come on, it's okay. Squeeze in, squeeze in. I bathed in everything. Well, I bathed last, I bathed last week. But no. Why is joy so important? Why, why, did God, why was the first announcement the avos of the announcement to the shepherds, there's great joy. Ancient Jewish wisdom says prophecy cannot rest on someone who doesn't have joy. Can I give you a prophecy? Your best is yet to come. Just like the king on Simcha Torah, the eighth day, everybody else went home, they fulfilled their religious requirements but the king said you want to hang out a little longer I saved the best for last I really believe church with all the craziness that's going on God saved the best for last we're not going home with a moan we're going out with a shout we're going out the lender not the borrower we're going out the head not the tail we're going out with a shout do you receive that do you receive that? The best is yet to come. Ancient Jewish wisdom says that God dwells forever in a house of joy. Let me say that again. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Mekedesh, Jehovah Shalom. Everything we need to defeat the enemy and walk in the fullness of the blessings that's paid for in full by the blood of Jesus. God dwells in the house of joy. Decide this year two things. The devil will not steal your joy. Amen? Don't, don't hang around with joy stealers. I don't know. This will age me. Anybody remember Barry Maguire? 
the, 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 the singer when we first got saved. He was a famous singer, and then he got saved. And, and he, he did a song, and he said his friend, was, he said, why are you like that? He goes, well, that's just the way I feel. He said, every time we're rejoicing in the Lord, you come over and dig holes in the basement. Don't hang around with joy stealers. Hang around with people who pump you up, not bring you down. Amen? But here's the other thing. Be a joy giver. Wherever you go, bring joy. When Jesus came, the first thing he announced is great joy. And the Lord says, as my Father sent me, I send you. So wherever you go, bring joy. Smile at people. Everything is going to be all right. The glass is not half empty. It's half full, and it's going to get fuller. Our best is yet to come. All things work together for good. Be a joy giver and watch God fill your life with joy that will be example to the world. People are going to come to you and go, what is it you've got? What, what is it? You know, I, I, when, when I first got saved, I, 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 went, I, was, I used to deliver on big semis, and I was unloading this one place, and I walked in. They met me before I walked in. They go, what, what happened to you? I said, why? And they said, man, there's something about you. What happened to you? And I said, oh, I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, these were religious people that looked like they were baptized in lemon juice instead of Holy Spirit. They said, you got the Holy Spirit? I said, man, I feel the Holy Spirit. And they go, we need to cast that out of you. That's a, I said, if this is the devil, he's an idiot. Don't let anybody steal your joy. Let's pray this out loud. And all of you watching, we love you. Merry Christmas to you. Say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my body. Get out of my home, my family, my finances, and my future. I declare somebody's going to win. Might as well be me. Somebody's going to win. Might as well be me. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap offering. Now, let me, let me pray for you. You know, the Bible says, lay hands on no man suddenly. Can I, can I have that in the reverse? Don't let just anybody pray for you. Secret. Don't let just anybody pray for you. I have people all that, you know, when, when, when Lion got sick. And by the way, Lion was born. Did I say this already? Lion was born on Simkatora. And, and even when he was in the hospital and tubes and in his heart and, his, and things in his head and his body was all swollen from chemo, he was full of joy. It's supernatural. He's full of joy. I mean, the poor little guy, you, you, you know, sometimes picture. I won't even look at those pictures. I don't, I didn't want to, I don't even want to remember those days. But he was full of joy because that joy is supernatural. 
God laid it on my heart. It doesn't matter if Jesus was born in, and on the first of Sukkot and, and, and circumcised on Simcha Torah. It doesn't matter. We don't know that he was. But it's a supernatural day. It's a supernatural day because joy is supernatural. So may I release on you an anointing and all of you watching, all of our wonderful stream family watching, may I release on you an anointing of joy for the whole year? I want you to feel it rise up in you. I want you to feel it from the sole of your feet to the crown of your head because it is your strength and it comes from God. It is his joy that your joy may be full. Lift your hands this way. Father, I'm obeying in what you laid in my heart and on my spirit to release on all of us here and around the world. Oh, feel it in your hands. Feel, feel this in your hands. Father, a supernatural anointing of joy. That, Father, first of us, we walk in this joy that is our strength to the point that it is overflowing. And as it's overflowing, let us, wherever we go, bring joy. Because the first thing you brought to us through our Savior was joy. And, Father, as you sent Jesus, now he sends us. And I speak joy an anointing of joy in every home in every life in every family and anything that tries to steal that joy we bind it right now we forbid it to touch our lives in the name of jesus and father we receive your joy your joy so that our joy may be full and we give you, folks, I feel such an anointing. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Say this, the devil does not get my joy. I am full of the joy of the Lord. Not just today, this whole year, my joy will be full. If you receive that, give the Lord a great big clap offering. Let me say this. Luke's going to close us off in prayer. Let me say this. Merry Christmas. May Jesus bring you such happiness and joy. And may you pass it on to others.